Hello and welcome back to the True Blues Sporting Podcast and the round 15 preview for the NRL. What will be a round uh, for many players looking to cement their spots in origin. Obviously, origin sides will be selected um, this weekend, after this weekend of football, as well as all the international squads. They've been picked, uh, so I'll do a little um, run through of all of them in another podcast in a couple of days and and give my thoughts on those. But those players will be looking um, to get one final hit out before the rep round, which will uh, take place next week. Um, So we'll just run through each game as we always do, Um, starting off with Thursday night. um, That is tonight with the South Sydney Rapidos coming up against the St. George Illawarra Dragons. An interesting contest for mine. I think um, South's performance last week against the Titans, I think uh, they've, they've turned a corner. Um, it wasn't a great win, but it was a much-needed win for Souths moving forward. They came into that contest 6-6, six and six, um, sitting um, even on the season. So it was a big win in terms of um, establishing themselves in that top eight. They've got that spot in the top eight, and I think they go on from here. I think they're only going to get better moving forward. I think they've finally found um, their style um, for 2022 and the way that they're going to play their football moving forward. I think they only get better with the addition of Latrell Mitchell coming in he obviously um, is not playing this week. He gets rested this week before um, and still recovering from COVID, um, which he which he contracted once he came back um, from his intensive rehab over in the States in America. So that all but rules him out for Origin 2, I would suggest. Um, so I think once he, he gets um, reintroduced to the lineup, it'll really um, lift South Sydney um, in all facets of the game defensively and offensively, just because he is such a presence on the football field. Um, so I think they've f- found their style and, and where they're going to go. I thought um, their key man stood up. I thought Cody Walker probably played his best game um, last week. And I'm really hoping that Souths are able to continue that um, moving forward because um, we hold them to such a high esteem. Uh, obviously, that's because they um, made the grand final last year. So we're looking at Souths in terms of that um, being the benchmark. But, but when you look at it, they lost their key half. They lost their head coach and, um, you know, a, a lot of key pieces in Gagai and Sua, who were both starting members in the grand final side, um, both moving on as well. So to be with the South Sydney Yards are still uh, finding their football and finding how they're going to play um, this season. Um, to be where they are isn't the worst case scenario. And I do think that um, this was what I expected from South to to not start the season as well, but to really find their football on the way back in, um, on the way into the finals. And I think South Sydney go on a little bit of a run here. And I think um, for St. George, they've probably got South Sydney at the wrong time. They've won. Um, South Sydney have had the run over St. George in their recent games. Um, so I think South Sydney, they really um, cement um, themselves as, as a finals contender. We all know South were going to be around there, but I think people are starting to write them off a bit. But personally, I think South Sydney... Um, it was a much-needed win against the Gold Coast, um, and and Cody Walker really um, sort of returned to his old form um, of last year. It wasn't obviously to the to the extremes of what it was last year, but some of the some of just his movements and his um, his ball playing, and it it looked like he he was comfortable in what he was doing. And um, Alex Johnston, he gets better and better on that left wing, um, scoring 150 tries there. Highest try scorer ever in the club's history. Um, and when Alex Johnston scoring tries, South Sydney are going well. So um, I do think South Sydney get the job done over the Dragons. And if I look at the Dragons, they were extremely disappointing um, against the Cowboys. I think uh, that just so many errors against the Cowboys are just, they shot themselves in the foot um, in way too many um, situations last weekend. Um, I think Ben Hunt was probably the only good player on the, on the field for the Dragons. And they're so reliant on Ben Hunt. Um, and Ben Hunt's going to need a massive performance if the Dragons are going to pull anything um, out of the hat uh, against South Sydney. I think he has to be um, the orchestra. It, it is um, it is like that with the Dragons. It's so reliant on Ben Hunt. And if Ben Hunt doesn't have a good game, then, then the Dragons don't have a good game. And, you know, even when he does play well, he's, he's usually the best, best player on the field uh, for the Dragons each and every week. And he's usually in the top five players. Um, on the field each week. So he backed up from Origin last week. He was phenomenal. And I'm a big fan of Ben Hunt. 
uh, but just the errors that have been made by the middles. Um, it's really lacklustre at St. George. Their attack isn't flowing as it should be. Um, some of their selections are still confusing. Like, um, I think Moses Embi is starting at nine, Andrew McCulloch coming off the bench at 14. That does not make sense. Uh, well, you'd, you'd look to flip that. McCulloch being um, the proven dummy half, he can really just um, grind out the game early. He can absolve pressure like any dummy half in the competition. He's, probably, he's one of the, um, the best defensive nines in the comp. He just absolves pressure. People run at him all day. He's got energy. He's just a goer. He gets things done in that middle of the field. Um, and then you can bring Moses on with a bit of creativity. But starting with Moses and bringing McCulloch on really doesn't make sense. There's no creativity um, out of McCulloch. He, he's got a great pass out of dummy half, but he doesn't have that speed in and around the ruck, which probably Moses Embi has. And if you were looking at um, execute, well, if you were looking to exploit the speed of Moses, and that's why you're playing him at nine. I would bring him off the bench against tired forwards. Also, that it's been well documented all year. The fullback position, Cody Ramsey's been in there uh, for the past couple of weeks. Whilst he's been good uh, for them, I still think Tyrell Sloan is their best fullback, and it really doesn't make sense where the Dragons are going um, and, and with their key key selections. So um, that that's the thing that concerns me with the Dragons. I just don't think they have a general plan, and they they are all on the same page at the moment. Um, I think. It's at that time of year where we see St. George. They start the season um, really well, but I think it's that time of year where we sort of see them fade off, um, which which it always comes with St. George. Um, and I think we've hit that uh, time of the year. Um, and I don't want to uh, preempt a disappointing performance, but I've got to see something from St. George this week. I, otherwise, it's going to be a very long end of the season for their fans, um, and they'll be lingering down the bottoms uh, with the other clubs who are sitting there at the moment. Because um, I don't see any um, sort of promising signs from where they're playing their football. Um, if they bring Tyrell Sloan in, uh, they, their attack will come. Um, Amone, whilst being good in patches, hasn't been good for um, long periods of time. So it's it's a real um, it's a big game for the Dragons. They need to be up and about for this one, I think, um, and expect a response from Zach Lomax. A lot of talk in the media over the past week about his performance against the Cowboys. And I was um, watching that, and there were some some parts of his game which were um, were really poor uh, in terms of attitude and throwing throwing a um, forward pass out out into the grandstand and then blaming your winger for um, for not catching it. Um, I think that sums up where Zach Lomax is at the moment. Um, so I, I expect a response from him, though. I think um, after everyone's been talking about his game um, and how he's going... Uh, he was only in origin contention a couple of weeks ago for some people. So expect a big response from him. Um, but, yeah, I, I expect nothing but a South victory in this one. I think they've turned the corner. I think they're there and abouts and um, ready to go um, in season 2022 and start to get on a run, uh, which will see them uh, push towards a, uh, cementing their spot in the finals and um, hopefully for South fans competing for a premiership once again, once Latrell Mitchell returns. On Friday night, it is the Manly Seagulls up against the North Queensland Cowboys. An interesting contest, and one which we probably wouldn't have said that at the start of the season. Uh, we looked at how teams, how um, these teams were predicted to go at the start of the season. A lot of people had Manly sitting where the Cowboys were, and, and the Cowboys, um, they were predicted to be sitting down at the bottom of the ladder. But it's a top, um, it's a top eight caliber match, this one, um, with the North Queensland Cowboys travelling to Brookvale Oval, sorry, Four Pines Park, um, to take on Manly Warringah. Manly, they're undefeated at home this season. They're yet to have lost a game at home. Um, and they defeated the lacklustre Tigers last week, a very disappointing from, performance from the Tigers, and we'll get into that later. But Manly were very impressive. They did what they had to do, um, and it was a big question mark with Manly. Um, everyone was wondering where Manly were at. They've demolished two teams in a row. Row. They seem to be getting their football back together after the loss of Tom Trebojevic. Ruben Garrick's moved to fullback, and he's been very good out the back for them. Um, and although he doesn't offer what Tommy does, he does a job, and he does exactly what he needs to do. Uh, they've missed Cherry Evans the last two weeks, uh, but I think the Kieran Foran has been close to their best player on the field um, in those two games. He's been fantastic. He's been steering the ship there um, and doing his job. 
getting um, his team to a point and allowing his strike man to get in the game. Strike man like Olokowatu. Olokowatu has been the most damaging back row in the competition for the past fortnight. He has been destroying. Um, he, he's been destroying teams. Um, in the Warriors and the Tigers. And it hasn't just been doing it for the past two weeks. He's been doing it all season. Um, he's been fantastic on that edge um, for for Manly, really damaging, strong carry of the football. And he just is a presence on that edge. Um, he's, he sucks in defenders and creates bets for his men on the outside. So um, I would be interested to see if they keep the combination of Foran and Olakowatu because I really like the way Four and brings Olakowatu in the game. I think that he finds him early football and just allows him to get into his work and really just work um, at a defender, give him the ball nice and early where he wants it instead of, you know, digging in the line like Cherry Evans. They're very different players, Four and Cherry Evans. Cherry Evans likes to um, fall into shape and play um, with shape, whereas Four and he doesn't really need that. He can run straight at a defender and get them on the outside and then give Olakowatu the ball nice and early. So I, I'll be interested to see if Desi keeps him that way. I think for the makeup of this side, it probably is the best. Also, defensively, that edge has been a lot better since Cherry Evans has left. We all know they've had their defensive woes on that edge with Olakowatu. Cool has been there as well with Cherry Evans. They really haven't been able to um, find that continuity defensively, but they've seemed to have found that in the last two weeks since Foran's moved there. And I feel like it makes sense keeping Schuster on the edge that he is and then just pushing him in one at back rower because he'll go back into the back row once um, Cherry Evans returns for and going back to the sixth position, obviously. So um, it'll be very interesting to see. I would like to see them keep that edge um, combination. I think they've started to strike up a very good, um, you know, one-two punch on that edge. Um, but, you know, if Cherry Evans gets back in there, he knows the blueprint um, now, which, which has been presented by Foran, and you just got to give someone like Olakowatu the ball in the right places to let him get into his work. And I think if they're able to do that, then, um, you know, they'll be really, they'll be able to worry that defense of the Cowboys. Now, if we look at the Cowboys, they are just getting better and better in season um, 2022. From where they were last year to where they are now is astronomically different. Um, they have the, the leading half of Chad Townsend and what he is doing for that club. Um, in terms of steering the ship around, is fantastic. And it's very vintage Chad Townsend from 2016. He probably didn't get the reps he deserved in that year, obviously, because his half-partner was James Maloney. But now the fact that he's got a young um, half next to him in Tommy Deard, and we're really seeing um, his ability rise um, to the top and um, his influence on a game has has improved from where it was um, in the last couple of seasons. I think uh, his form had dipped from that 2016 season. Uh, but what he was doing in that 16 season is exactly what he's doing for this Cowboys side. He's allowing his other half to really just explore and just really take defences on and go straight at them. So, and that's what uh, Tommy Dearden has been doing. Tom Dearden um, in that game against the Titans, you could, re- um, you could really tell that he spent uh, weeks in origin camp uh, just with what he, the game he played. I don't think it was against the Titans. It was last week against the Dragons, um, what he what he produced, it, it was just an all-round complete game of football from Tom Deard, and you could really see the benefit of only one week in Origin Camp um, in his football. Uh, so he's been fantastic for them, and I could go through the list of the Cowboys, and they've just got um, strike all over the park now. Valentine Holmes has been fantastic, and he was great in his 150th last week. Um, their Origin stars return, Ruben Cotter uh, returns after um, missing... The game against the Dragons obviously being rested um, from from that game by Coach Todd Payton. And Todd Payton, what he's done is he's built a really strong defensive base, um, a defensive base which is the second best in the competition, only behind the defending premier, uh, defending premiers in uh, Penrith. Um, and, and they're playing some great footy at the moment, really um, setting that game up defensively and then just grinding teams away um, and, and not going away from the process and what they want to do. So... In this one, I, I see um, the Cowboys really, really just um, further cementing themselves as premiership contenders. It's a tough road trip over to Manly uh, when Manly are going well and expect a good crowd there on a Friday night. Uh, but the Cowboys, geez, they're playing some great footy um, and I can only see them getting the job done once again against the Manly uh, Warringah Seagulls. 
the second game on Friday night is the Melbourne Storm up against the Brisbane. And um, an interesting game, this one as well. Obviously, these two um, have well-documented past against each other, um, and they're two very big organisations, um, and it's shaping up to be a massive contest between the two. And if we're looking at this game, I think it's a really big test for the Brisbane Broncos. Um, they've, they've lost Reynolds once again. Um, they go to Melbourne to play Melbourne with Ezra Mann and Tyron Roberts in their halves. So I think it is a big, big test. Payne Haas looks to be... Um, looks to have overcome that AC joint, which troubled him in the Canberra Raiders game, um, which saw him miss the back end of that contest. So he looks to have overcome that, and they're expecting that he will play. Uh, But he is in doubt. Will it be a 100% fit Payne Haas? We don't know. Uh, What are we going to get from him? So I think it's a massive test. Herbie Farmworth, who's been so, so good for the Brisbane Broncos, also is out injured. Uh, Katoni Staggs returns um, from from origin duty, um, which is a much... um, needed inclusion from them, obviously, with the loss of Herbie Farmworth. Um, so I'm really worried about Brisbane. I think if they had Reynolds in their side and a fully strength, um, if they had Reynolds in their side and uh, Payne Haas at full fitness, I, I'd really like them in this contest, but I just don't think... Um, I think in a game like this where you go to Melbourne against Melbourne, you really need um, a clear direction from your half, and I don't know if Tyron Roberts will be able to deliver that. It's great to see him back in the first grade, though, and playing um, once again. But I just doubt um, whether he'll be able to do the job. Pappy's return, um, Ryan Pappenhausen, he was named in the extended squad. That's been pushed back another week after contracting COVID. So two of the big names in Luttrell and Pappenhausen have had their uh, returns to the NRL pushed back a week by COVID, which was um, horrible to see because it would have been great to see Pappenhausen return uh, for Melbourne. He was obviously the informed player in the competition. He led the Dallium um, medal uh, race before he did get injured. Um, and it would have been great to see him to continue that form and just get back into the, to the Melbourne jersey. Obviously, he would have had the opportunity um, to get a selection for New South Wales if he did play a game beforehand. Would Freddie have picked him? We don't know. And he just gets so unlucky around this time of year. Um, and it's a great shame because he's always in around the squad and always in contention but he just gets injuries at the wrong time. And that's a, the thing holding me back from rep selection at the moment. Um, so so it's disappointing to see Pappenhausen's return but get pushed back. Um, but Melbourne, they've just got a fantastic system. And last week was a great um, great echo of that with um, Green Anderson coming in for his debut on the wing, two tries. They've had so many injuries in the outside backs this year. If you look at Amini's playing fullback where Pappenhausen would have been there, Iremia's playing... Um, Seve's playing at centre, you know, Grant Anderson's on the wing, so that's not their um, full-strength back line. And they're still producing performances. Christian Welch is out, but you've got the guys, um, Leora, uh, coming in. Um, They're just all doing a job, and that's what Melbourne do so well. They have a system which is so far superior than any other one in the comp. Obviously, people saying Penrith are pushing them um, in terms of the best system, but I've still got Melbourne clear by far because they just produce um, players who go into the side, do their role and do it properly and just produce performances week in, week out. And that's what they do. Um, and that's what uh, makes them, in my opinion, the greatest Australian uh, sporting franchise. They are the best uh, franchise in the country, in my opinion, just with what they produce and, and how they do it. Um, Cameron Munster... He's been in fantastic form, and he loves playing at Amy Park, something like four tries in his last five games. Um, he's been fantastic for them this year, and he is just in a purple patch of form. Um, that performance in Origin was the best player, uh, was the best um, we've seen from him in that arena, in my opinion. Obviously, he had that season in 2020 uh, where he got the Wally Lewis medal, but that performance on, on Wednesday night where he just um, really steered Queensland to victory I mean, he really puts defences under pressure and he just breezes past um, defences and he makes it so um, effortless. He makes it look so effortless and like it's easy for him because it probably is, but just he just got that big extravagant dummy and you think, okay, he's got that big dummy. Where's he going to pass it to? But you're fo- the defence falls for it every single time. He's got a damaging step as well and he just seems to get um, past defenders with ease. And uh, he's that combination with Hughes this season... Um, it was red hot at the start of the season, but you know, it's, it's sort of been, uh, it's it dropped a level a bit. Um, it returned um, against the Roosters on the weekend, 
I mean, I thought it got a bit, it looked a bit better, uh, but they they're still looking to build um, moving forward. Um, Harry Grant as well, he's been in fantastic form. Obviously, his performances for Queensland and and Melbourne backing up off the bench um, were great, and and they're really um, Melbourne. They're just in and around again, and I, I see them beating the Broncos at home uh, pretty convincingly. To be honest, um, I think this is where we probably find out where the Broncos really at are at as an organisation. Um, and it's where they're at mentally. Uh, obviously, you go to you go to Melbourne, you play um, a, a side which is in the top four. Um, it's a top four clash, this one. And again, it's, it's a bit like the Cowboys. Do we think this would be a top four clash at the start of the season? Absolutely not. But it is one. And it's one which I'm looking forward to, to see where Brisbane are at mentally and um, where they, their system is at. And do they have um, the players that can enter into a system and produce a performance, and, and who will take control of this side? I think the leadership of Patrick Carrigan has been fantastic this season. I mean, he's been criminally underrated for them and, and what their success is. Um, there was a piece on Benji on Fox League where he was mic'd up, and just some of his talk, what he does, he brings people with him, he, he encourages people to go with him, and he, he really leads by his actions. He's not one that talks and says, this is what we do. He goes, okay, look at me, what I'm doing come do it with me. And that's what I really um, like about Patrick Carrigan. He's a future Maroons captain and potentially even a captain of Australia, in my opinion. Um, his leadership skills are incredible. I mean, he's just got that presence on the field. So, um, you know, they'll be um, they'll be needing a big performance from him and their middles as well. Payne Haas, is he, um, if, he is, if he isn't even 100%, he needs to be um, close to one of the best players on the field, along with Carrigan and Kurt Catewell, as well needs a big performance for them to get the job done. And if Brisbane are to win this contest, they're really going to need to set the platform in the middle because I don't think they have um, the the skill from the playmakers in comparison to Melbourne um, to really challenge them. So it's got to be a real brutal contest for this uh, if the Broncos are to get up in this one. So I'm going to go Melbourne. Um, but if Brisbane really get up for it in the middle, um, then it'll be a fantastic contest. But... Melbourne, too strong at home for mine. The first game on Saturday afternoon is the Cronulla Sharks up against the Gold Coast Titans. And um, this one, uh, I'm sitting on this one and go, the Sharks, they're the obvious winners in this contest, but but is it by how many? Or is, are we going to get a response from the Titans? I think um, what we're seeing from the Titans at the moment is very disappointing. And it's um, they're sitting bottom of the, the ladder. This season, when you think about some of the clubs and some of the uh, situations that they're in, um, that's really damning for where they are at the moment. You've obviously got the Bulldogs, Tigers, Warriors, Newcastle, all having very poor seasons, but these guys sit rock bottom of the competition. Now, why is that? I think it's because of the lack of leadership in that um, side. They're very reliant on Tino um, in the middle, and just he's a very fanta- very good player. He's fantastic. Um, for for his team and both his um, his state as well, we saw the performances that he can produce um, at that Queensland level. But I think that's because we saw a relaxed Tino, and he didn't have to. Um, he didn't have all the pressure of being the sole man in that side. He goes back to club level. He has to do everything. He's he's the one that's got to um, you know take two three carries in a set. Whereas in uh, at Queensland, he can he can take one and then conserve his energy and then go for hard in defence. So um, with the Titans, it's the lack of experience, which is the reason I think they're down here. I said that at the start of the season. My biggest concern with them was how their spine would go. Yes, they haven't had the continuity in the spine because there has been injured injuries. Campbell's obviously out. Uh, Brimson hasn't spent as much time on the field as he would have liked in season 2022. Um, but yeah, the lack of experience in that spine is really showing um, when they get into big moments and when they need um, an increase in intensity or um, a big moment to happen, they really don't have um, the individual in that spine to take it and really take the game forward. Um, so I'm really worried about the Titans this season. I think it can spiral out of control um, in the blink of an eye, and I think we're seeing that happen. Um, defensively, they're not up to it. They, they That was their biggest concern last year. They, make, they did make the finals last year, but they made the finals with a losing record. So the fact that they've, they've done that, um, probably, in my opinion, uh, sugar-coated their season last year and, and maybe gave them a, salt, a false sense of security in where they're at and, and their fans and where they're at. Um, 
because they're just not there. They gave up on Fogarty. They've moved Fogarty onto the the Raiders, and he's been a welcome addition to that side. I um, mean, I think they could really use um, Fogarty at the moment. They've got four and coming next season, and that's the experience they need. So that's a good signing, but they just don't have him yet. So I'm really concerned about where they go moving forward um, this season. I've, I've got big question marks on where they'll finish, and I won't be surprised if they're the ones that finish at the bottom of the ladder. Um because they haven't really shown me much. David Fafita has been out injured, yes. But even when he's been in the side, he hasn't been his damaging best. So a lot of things which the Gold Coast Titans need to improve on. And this is a great opportunity against Cronulla. Although I've been, I've been really big on Cronulla all season, I really like the way they've been playing. They've gotten into a really um, sort of warring pattern for mine. And that's their ability to start games slowly. Um, they fell behind against the Warriors early. Um and they've done this for three, four weeks now where they just start games very slow and they take time to get into the game. Um, and if you fall too far behind, even some against someone like the Titans, um, it's it's a lot of work and it's very draining mentally to stay in the contest and really keep going. So for Cronulla, they really need to start fast and quick in this game because I think if, if they start slow, the Titans have the ability because they have the strike and the ability to score points to take the game away from Cronulla and really worry Cronulla. But if they start strong, I don't see um, the Titans matching it with them um, just mentally and their, their resilience um, will, will falter and, and that's where we'll see Cronulla win. So I think Cronulla, um, despite that, they've been playing some good footy as well. So that's the only thing with Cronulla moving forward. If they're wanting to uh, push into the top four and, and really um, cement themselves as a premiership contender in season 2022, they really need to um, just fix their ability to start games and really start games strong and beyond from the whistle um, and from the get-go. And once they do that, they'll really um, worry teams moving forward uh, because they'll have that damaging ability to just be like, okay, we've got to be on. And um, and that's the one thing I think they'll be really looking to focus on this week is starting starting well, getting into the game well. And that starts from, from Nico Hines. He, he really needs to um, lead that that side from the front, you know, kick early, get his team into the grind and then play. Okay, so he's been an ungenuine half this season. I think it's time he sort of takes a bit of responsibility as the half um, and setting up the game early, but then not losing what Nico Hines does best, and that's his ability to run the football and take um, defences on. So it's a big test for the the Sharks. I, I do have the Sharks winning convincingly. But that's my worry in this contest. If the Titans start, get up and about, and Cronulla, they start off a bit off like they have in the past couple of weeks, the Titans may come out, come away with the victory. Uh, but in my mind, I see Cronulla winning this one and winning well. Uh, the next game on Saturday, 5.30 kickoff at uh, Morton Daly Stadium is the New Zealand Warriors up against the Penrith Panthers. I mean, this one is an interesting contest because it's the debut of Ronald Volkman. Um, he he's a f- fantastic um, player. He's coming in and debuting at 5'8 for the Warriors. Coming from that rooster system, um, he's a carefree player. He plays football. He, he plays what he sees and he, he doesn't um, care about, um, you know, he's, he's not afraid to make a play. And if it comes off, it comes off. If it doesn't, it doesn't. He brushes it off and goes again and, and will try um, the next opportunity that comes. And that's what I like about him. Um, I think if he, if he continues, if he starts um, his career at five eight and continues to stay there, that's a perfect position for for him. And um, I think he'll uh, be a great five eight um, moving forward. I'm just worried if they um, sort of give up on Sean Johnson and they chuck him into the seven, and sort of the same thing happens with Sean. Jo- that's happened with Sean Johnson. Um, people expecting him to be the general that most halves are will happen to Volkman, but. He is going to be a fantastic player in the competition if he can play that carefree football that has got him to his debut. And that's what we that's what we want from rookies. We want them to continue the same way they've been playing, which doing what they've um, continuing to do what has got them to where they are today and where they are in their debut. And if they are able to do that, stick to it um, and trust their ability and what they've got. And there's no reason why he will be a great player in the competition. Um, the Warriors, they were good in uh, patches against Cronulla. They started well, as I said. Uh, but, th- yeah, they've been really disappointing once again um, in the last couple of weeks, obviously sacking their coach. 
Uh, Nathan Brown last week. Stacey Jones has taken over. And it's a real, really big time uh, for the Warriors as a club moving forward at the moment. They return to New Zealand in a couple of weeks and it, you know, they need to produce performances which will show their fans that we um, are committed to where we're going. We, we really want to continue to build New Zealand Rugby League because New Zealand hasn't had rugby league played on their shores for three years now since 2019. So it'll be a big test for them moving um, moving forward to really reignite the fire uh, for rugby league in New Zealand. And um, I'm hoping for the Warriors' sake that they return there, they get a bit more comfortable and um, they're able to play, play the footy, which we know the Warriors can, that carefree nature. And I think um, once they're able to do that they they've they've always got the pattern they've got the big boys and then they can play carefree footy we just want the Warriors to go back to that and um, we really need um, a successful Warriors in this competition I'm hoping that we get a performance from them which is carefree you know go out and play some footy you're coming up against the defending premiers you're not expected to get the job done so what I would love to see from the Warriors is you know look to take the game on you know Run the ball when you're in your own end. Run the ball off the kickoff. You know, just throw the ball around and give it, um, throw it around. Look to take your opportunities and don't try and get into the grind with Penrith, uh, because I feel like when teams get into the grind uh, with Penrith, Melbourne, they just panic. I mean, that's why I think you know, Parramatta are a good example for this when they come up against the big sides. I'll touch on Parramatta a bit later, but Parramatta come up against the big sides like Penrith and Melbourne, and they're not afraid to move the ball. Uh, they they look to to get from one edge to the other and in one play. They don't look to stay in the grind with them and go up the middle, down, up and down, and because they know they can't match it with them. But when they move the ball and they move their big bodies around, they're really damaging, and they that's why they get results up against those clubs. So I think they need to take out a, a leaf out of that book. The Warriors, they really need to move the ball around, get the ball to their edges. I mean, they're able to do that. Um, you know, we might see something from them. But personally, I don't see um, anything else but a Penrith win and a very convincing Penrith win. They are the benchmark in this competition by a mile. Their performance against Newcastle last week was fantastic. Um, and their Origin Stars really bounced back from what was a disappointing uh, performance from all of them, um, especially Nathan Cleary. I think Nathan Cleary proves how good of a footballer he is um, because he didn't have his best game on on Wednesday night in State of Origin. He was he was quite disappointing, and I think everyone knew that. And he came out in the media and said that he took the loss extremely hard. And then, and then we saw that performance, which he produced against the Knights, um, and that was fantastic. He, he really showed um, maturity in his game um, to, to brush off a performance, which was disappointing, and really come out and produce a game, um, a game which was which was vintage Nathan Cleary. Uh, Jerome Luai, again, was fantastic. Um, and they're just getting better and better as the game goes on. There's just, as the weeks go on, there's so much you could say about Penrith and what they're doing. I mean, I wouldn't be doing just, them justice. Um, and they're the benchmark by far. At this rate, I can't see anyone running them down. Um, they look to be clear of the competition by a fair way. Um, and I'm hoping um, that they're able to continue this, this wave and, and they're not impacted by injuries because they... Um, I think that's the only thing that is stopping them at the moment potentially is injuries. But you never know in this competition, um, things can change in an instance and teams can teams can catch up to others. Um, but Penrith, they're, they're riding a wave at the moment and they're riding it um, exactly like they need to, um, doing everything um, which they need to do and they're doing everything um, at, at such a level which is far superior than any other team. I think... Um, the thing that separates Penrith from other sides in the competition for mine is their uh, their ability to change the tempo from slow to fast. Um, and I think Nathan does that superbly, along with Isaiah Yo, who was missing on the weekend. But, you know, they have someone like Matty Eisenhuth come in and produce that performance that he did. So they, um, they change tempo very, very easily, and they are able to shift in and out of, of uh, tempo. and They can play fast if they need to. But then they also have the ability to slow the game down into the way that they want the game to be played if it's starting to get away from them a bit. And I think that's what separates them from every other side in the competition. So I've got Penrith winning and Penrith winning well in this contest.
Parramatta Eels come up against the Sydney Roosters on the final game on Saturday. I mean, it's a big game for both of these clubs. Parramatta looking to bounce back from what was an extremely disappointing performance from them against the Bulldogs. Um, and, and they just seem to have this ability just to um, rise for the big occasion against the big sides. But when they come up against um, the, the smaller clubs, um, not the smaller clubs, um, the clubs which are sitting down the bottom of the ladder um, and they crumble. Um, Mitchell Moses has come out in the media and admitted they do have an attitude problem. Um, and it, it, I think there's been a lot of soul-searching done. And there's been a lot of soul-searching which has been needed to be done for that organisation because you can't get through a competition and be um, and wanting to be called premiership contenders and pe- a team fighting for a premiership if you can't knock off the team running last on two occasions. And that was obviously the Tigers. They were sitting rock bottom when they defeated Parramatta and the Bulldogs were sitting at the bottom of the ladder as well last week. Um, and, and they were extremely disappointing. All aspects of their game were were off last week. It wasn't like um, the Bulldogs just played, played a fantastic game um, and the Eels were, were good and, and got beaten. I think, um, yeah, the Bulldogs were good, but Parramatta were extremely poor, making errors all over the foot, uh, football field. Uh, defensively, they weren't up to it attitude-wise. They weren't there. They seem to have been in a completely uh, different place. Um, and to be honest, this is what I expect from Parramatta. They're, they're so inconsistent. They, once they start to, to show you a little bit of a promise of where they're going moving forward um, and, and looking like they've turned a corner and looking like they're going to do something in this competition, they produce a performance like that which just lets you down and reminds you where they're at. Um, and they have some dips in their form. Uh, this isn't the only. This isn't the only time it's happened this season. Uh, they were uh, demolished by the Cowboys in Darwin um, halfway through the season, and it's just. Uh, uh, it, it's got to be tough to be a, a Parramatta supporter. It is just a, an emotional roller coaster. As soon as they start to show some promise, they let you down, um, and you wonder where they're at and where they're going moving forward and, and what's next. So I think this is a big game for them, and we find out what Parramatta and who Parramatta are based on their response. Um, in this game against the Roosters. And, well, the Roosters, I think they would have... Um, they were extremely unlucky last week to get the win. I thought they were good um, in defeat against Melbourne. Um, they seem to have started to get some continuity in their attack and where they're going um, defensively. I still think they've got a little bit of work to do. Um, but definitely, for, um, they, they were extremely unlucky. Um, I think if they come up against a few other sides last week, they get the win. Um, I think they've started to turn a corner as well. Um, and And... You know, it reminds me very much of where they were sitting in 2018, new uh, combination, new halves, new new um, new players in key positions. And they're really starting to get that continuity in that they've played some games together. They're really starting to get um, their style uh, produced onto the field. And um, I'm liking where they are at, at the moment. I think Parramatta get the Roosters at the worst possible time. And, you know, I, I think the Roosters... Um, you know, they've turned a corner. I think they're very similar to South. I think, um, you know, players in key positions are starting to get um, their game um, and starting to really turn the corner from what was a disappointing start of the season. And there's been a lot of talk about the Roosters and their start to the season um, and how disappointing it was. They've been sitting in the top eight for the, um, I think it's been since round two. I I can't remember a time where uh, the Roosters were sitting outside the top eight um, and we say that it's been an extremely disappointing start of the season. So for mine, that just shows how good um, the Roosters have been going this year. And despite um, being the Roosters of old and, and the Roosters which we've come to expect, they've still been fantastic. And um, they're still uh, they're in abouts in the top eight and um, they're pushing for a, a premiership if they can um, get their side together and, and um, get their style and get their key players in key positions really uh, firing. And I think um, they're slowly starting to get there. And, and they're a side which I, I – there are many sides um, once you get through to the finals where you know you can just trust. And the Roosters are a side that I can trust. If they can get to the finals, um, whether that be inside the four or outside the four, I, I think the Roosters are a side that can win the premiership from outside the top four because you trust – and you know what you're going to get from that um, that side and that organisation. Um, there are some which you don't, Parramatta being one of them. We know what we're going to get from the Roosters. We're going to get a Roosters team that is going to be up for this contest, 
Trent Robinson, he is uh, an incredibly smart coach. Um, he will be telling his side all week that Parramatta, they're going to need a response. They want a response, and they're going to have to be. They're going to be up for this game. Um, so the Roosters, best believe they'll be up for this game. And I, I, I really like the Roosters in this game, and and the Roosters um, to defeat Parramatta and Parramatta to go two on the trot. I just um, think out of the two sides, the Roosters, um, although over the large landscape of the season, probably haven't been um, better than the, the Eels. The Eels probably have bigger scalps. Uh, but I think the Roosters, there's turning that corner, as I've said before, um, and they're starting to, um, you know, they're, they're going to be there and, there and about at the end of the year. So um, I think this is the game for the Roosters uh, where they really kickstart that run, and it's very similar to South. So I'm going to go the Roosters to get the job done over Parramatta. Although it is at um, Combank Stadium, which is a bit worrying in terms of um, of of that, uh, it's the perfect place for Parramatta to return to after a very disappointing loss. But in saying that, I'm still going to back the Roosters and trust in them because I can trust what they're going to produce, unlike Parramatta. First game on Sunday afternoon, it is the Canberra Raiders up against the Newcastle Knights. The Raiders last week, they failed to run over the top of Brisbane, who, um, as I said, no Reynolds, no Haas, no Farmworth. They had one player left on the bench. And the Raiders, they didn't have um, the ability to run over the top of them and get the job done. Although in saying that, the Raiders, they've been impressive in the last month. Um, that was their first loss in four games. They've been fantastic and they've really find, um, found their style and what's worked for them. There was a, the, the panic button was, was very well hit um, by a lot of people in regards to the Raiders. Their start of the season was extremely poor and we wondered where they were at and what, what was happening um, you know, where they're going, um, do we see anything from them? Um, but they've really just hit the reset button um, and, and they've changed the way they play. They've changed their style and their style now um, is free-flowing football. They, they've allowed um, the ball to move and, and they've looked damaging since doing that. Their, outside back, uh, their edges, um, edge-back rows have got the ball um, more than they have in the past. Hudson Young's been fantastic. Jack White starting to get in the games, and Jack White starting to play the football of old that we have seen in the past from him, uh, which saw him win a Clive Churchill and a Dalian medal. Um, the the addition of Jamal Fogarty has been instrumental. Obviously, he was the main man coming into the season. He was the one that had trained at halfback all year. An injury which wasn't expected um, happened, and Brad Schneider was was tasked with the responsibility of being the halfback. Although I don't think he did a good job, uh, did a bad job. Um, obviously, Jamal Fogarty is the man, and he was brought down there to free up Jack Whiten, and we're really seeing why he was brought there um, since then. I think since they've introduced um, Wolford at, at nine, they've got a genuine nine option. They've got that one-two punch, which they had in the 2020 um, season, uh, which was at that time Hodgson and uh, Starling. They've now got that Wolford and Starling. They've got that genuine number nine option who starts gets through the work, and then if they need to, they bring Starling on. So I'm really like where they are at um, Canberra. Um, I think uh, Joe Tarpany has been in form, and he's probably the in-form front row in the competition, along with Patrick Carrigan and Ruben Cotter. Uh, he, he's been so um, impressive from that, for them. He just really sets the platform. And he's taken a little bit of pressure off uh, Josh Papali'i. Um, he's taken a lot of pressure off him. Uh, Papali'i can just play his game, do what he's got to do, and t- know and he can trust Tarpany. And if you said that, um, Joseph Tarpany had one, one foot out the door um, only last season. There was, a, there was a lot of problems culturally at the Raiders. They've seemed to turn that around, and they've all been um, and got invested back into this season. And there's no reason why they can't push for the finals. I really like the football they've been playing. And I think if they can get it together, and they've obviously got it together, that's one loss out of um, their last five. So they're playing some good footy. Uh, this is a great opportunity to bounce back against a Newcastle side who were extremely disappointing. Yes, it was against the defending premiers, but they were at home in front of 20-odd thousand people. You would have wanted a response out of them and you would want a performance which deserved um, that crowd. It was extremely disappointing to see. They weren't up for it. And with the Newcastle Knights, it's no ponger, no Knights. And that's extremely disappointing that they are relying on one player. Um, he went off uh, with a head knock against uh, Penrith. And since then, uh, since he left the field... They were no hope, and you could see that, and you could see they were extremely demoralised. They have the side on paper, though, Newcastle, which should be competing for finals. They've been in the finals for the last two seasons, but there just seems to be an issue um, in Newcastle. Clemmer, although it has been good this season, I think he's been good, um, the Saifidi brothers need to live. 
their edges need to, their edge back rollers need to lift. Um, you know, Barnett, obviously he, he's leaving to the Warriors next year. So he needs to lift and really cement himself. Um, they really just need to cement themselves. Um, that forward pack really need to implement themselves in the games and really impact games like they have in the past. And they're not doing that this season. I think that's what's impacting them the most. The introduction of Anthony Milford, I think, has been a good introduction for them. Um, he's really... Milford, he hasn't been overly impressive, but he has been much better than he was at Brisbane. And he implement he, he impacts games like he does now. Um, you know, his, his debut was very good. And then the last couple of weeks, he's been good. And I think the partnership of Clifford and Milford, given time to develop, could be very good for Newcastle. But Newcastle, they really need to turn it around quickly and get the job done. Um, and really just move forward as an organisation. Otherwise, there will be conversations around their head coach because we know what the media are like. A few losses, and now they've got they've got three coaches sacked this year. They'll be looking for another one to get sacked. Who will it be? They'll look to Newcastle, they'll look to the Titans, and they'll look to get one of them sacked. And unfortunately, that's just the way the rugby league media works. I disagree with it, um, but that's what they'll look to do. So I think the, the Knights need a response attitude-wise. They really need to get up for this contest. But I'm going to go to the Canberra Raiders at home in GIO Stadium to get the job done on Sunday afternoon. The final game of the round is the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs up against the West Tigers. The Bulldogs, well, they were fantastic in the victory over the Parramatta Eels. No one predicted that result coming on um, the Monday of the Queen's birthday long weekend. A fantastic performance by um, led by Matt Burton and Josh Adokar there combination down that left side of the field has been fantastic it's been completely damaging um and it's really in my opinion that's where the uh, bulldogs rely on a lot and and you know with no Bert, no fox they don't win many they don't win um that game on the weekend they're not in any games um but they've they're just they've got that combination and you can tell they're working on it you can tell that these two are very hard workers you can tell that they know Okay, we've come to this club. We're we're going to turn this around. We're we're so um, we believe that we can turn this club around. You can tell they're working behind the scenes on their combination, really working on things um, in film on the field. You can really tell uh, just by the way their performances are coming along, and their combination is developing as the season goes on. Since the appointment of Mick Potter, their attack has come on um, better than we believe. They've they've scored the the most points they've have all season in the past three weeks, um, and that's been under Mick Potter. Um, and they're starting to get their attack, and it's it's great to see with the Bulldogs because you don't want to see them lingering down the bottom of the ladder. They've been down there for so long, and their their fans deserve a lot better than what they have been getting from their, from the Bulldogs. I mean, it was a great win um, for them on the weekend. Is it a turning point for them? I'm not entirely sure. I'd like to see it consistently done. Um, I'm worried that they might have uh, pin-marked this game as a game to get up for against Parramatta, their big rivals. Obviously, they have had a stellar, his, uh, a storied history against each other. Obviously, many grand finals played in the 80s. Uh, I, do, have they uh, pen, penciled this game in as a, as a game to get up for? And do we see a flat response from them on the weekend? Um, I don't know. So I want to see them uh, produce um, that consistent level of intensity and um, week in, week out for the remainder of the season. Um, if we look at the other side of the ball, the Tigers, um, they were extremely disappointing against Manly. And the, the disappointing fact was is that they were in the game at halftime, a 6-4 lead at halftime to Manly. And then they come out and it was 30 points to four to finish the game. Um, they, they, The Tigers, they're a very dis- uh, frustrating team to watch because you know they've got ability and they've got um, players in that side who can play and, and are really um, damaging when they get... Um, when they're able to play and, and then when they're on the front foot, but they don't seem to get that platform laid for them and they don't um, go consistently for long periods of time. They're not consistent enough for long periods of time. Um, and, and that's the biggest um, concern for mine with the Tigers. They've lost their coach. Uh, Matt, Michael Maguire was sacked um, last week. Brett Kamali's taken over. Uh, Luciano Leilua has now been released. He'll link up with the Cowboys. Um, I think... Everyone's talking about how that's a big loss for the Tigers and, and how that's, um, you know, the Tigers, they've let another one go. He was signed to the North Queensland Cowboys. The Cowboys have reached out four times to the to the Tigers to to bring him um, 
up a year earlier. I think it's a good decision for both parties for Luciano to go. I think Luciano's head was in North Queensland. I think he made up his mind that he wanted to go. And, and his performances in the past uh, couple of weeks haven't been up to scratch for Luciano Lelua and what his standard is. Um, he's been one of the Tigers' best for the last couple of seasons. Uh, but in the last sort of month, um, I, I think he's been uh, quite disappointing. And I think he's wanted to go to, to the Cowboys, seeing the success that they've got up there and how they're playing their footy. So um, I think... Uh, the fact that he's gone is good for both parties. It's good for the Tigers. They allow It allows them to bring in um, youngsters, which they're looking to develop, and that's what Team Sheens has come out and said openly. The rest of the season is to develop um, some players and, and look towards that 2023 season, which players get kept on um, in the in the rebuild, which has been going on for 10 years and for Tigers fans is extremely frustrating. It's great to see, though, Adam Dewey is back this week off, after an ACL injury. He makes his return off the bench. Hopefully, um, no last-minute hiccups and he's able to return um, and get um, some kilometres in the legs and play some football once again. It's great to see. I'm a massive fan of Adam Dewey. I think he's a great player in this competition. I mean, he's exactly what the Tigers need. He's a future captain of that club, if not um, for the rest of the year. Uh, he should be the captain for next year, in my opinion. He is the, he epitomises what it is to be a Tiger um, off contract and, and rumours that he may leave the club, but I am almost certain that he will remain at the Tigers uh, for the rest of his career, a local junior being a Dundas, um, a Dundas boy. So um, I, I'm I'm really excited to see him back um, in. Um, and with the Tigers, we just want to see a performance. And there's a lot of talk about who they're going to bring as their coach. And and coaches looking for a job and and being linked with clubs will want to see something that goes okay. Yep, I want to go there. And and. What will we see from the Tigers? And what will we see from the Bulldogs? This is a big game for both clubs. Um, you know, they've both been linked to Cameron Serrato. Cameron Serrato, I, I think, will be watching this one with great intentions to see, okay, which club's probably um, in front? Which club will probably be better if I was to go to one of them? Um, a lot of talk, obviously, about where they're going to go. And um, to be honest, you can flip a coin with this contest. Who's going to win this one? My bias is going to make me pick the Tigers, um, but you could really flip a coin with this one. The Tigers, they got the job done against them at Leichhardt Oval the other week. Um, so I think the Tigers get the job done once again and win this contest, uh, which has been labelled as the Spoon Bowl by many people. Um, so um, that's round 15 of the NRL previewed by the True Blue Sporting Podcast. I'll go through who I've got picked. I've got South defeating the Dragons the Cowboys to get the job done at Full Fines Park up against the Manly Seagulls. The Melbourne to be too strong for the Broncos at Amy Park. The Cronulla Sharks to defeat the Titans. The Panthers to put an absolute cricket score on the Warriors. The Roosters to, to defeat the Parramatta Eels, in my opinion, will be the game of the round. The Canberra Raiders and the Newcastle Knights have got the Raiders being too strong for Newcastle at home. And the Tigers to get the job done over the Bulldogs. That's been the True Blue Sporting Podcast, a preview of round 15 of the NRL season. Goodbye.